Hey friends, and welcome to the Moving Mountains podcast. Moving Mountains is a place to hear true stories of modern day miracles told by ordinary people just like you and me. My name is Paige, and I'm joined here in Alaska by my dear friends, Margaret and Bernadette, as we witness accounts of how God has worked in people's lives in big and small ways. As you listen to these stories of hope, answered prayers, and unexplained phenomena, we invite you to allow this space to inspire your faith and even to help you recognize the ways in which God is moving mountains in your own life. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Moving Mountains Podcast. I'm really excited for tonight because I'm part of the story in a way, but I'm more excited for our special guest, Sarah Fox, who is joining us from Austin, Texas, which is funny because Paige is in Texas, but she's not in Austin right now. <laughs> she will be tomorrow. She right? will be tomorrow. Um, so if only Paige our schedule us. lined up. <laughs> Paige is joining us again. Um, she's still traveling in Texas and Bernadette and I are here in my home in Eagle River, Alaska. And yeah, we have great stories for you tonight. So I'm excited to get moving on that. Sarah, say hi. Hello, everyone. <laughs> welcome. Welcome. We're just really excited to do this, share the story with you. So but we always have something we do before we share stories. So. <laughs> ah, yes, our very important question. All right, so today is a would you rather. Ooh. <laughs> um, okay, so would you rather give up air conditioning and heating for the rest of your life or give up the internet for the rest of your life? This, this is for me. Oh my gosh, it's so easy. I will give up the internet. In Austin, <laughs> there is no way I could go without air conditioning. It was over 100 degrees for like 60 days in a row this year. Oh yeah. Sorry. I don't know how you did it. Air conditioning. Air conditioning. That's right. Yep. Okay. But like on the opposite side, it's like the extreme for Alaska and the other way, right? Like yeah, we cannot. Hands down. <laughs> yeah, we not have the internet. Not not have heating in Alaska yeah. in the winter. I asked this question to Christian earlier and he was like, Oh, one hundred percent, like get rid of the internet. He was like, If it's negative ten outside, then it's gonna feel like like zero degrees in our house. <laughs> yeah. I have a question about your question. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> Give up heat or air conditioning. So can I have a wood fire? Because like, can I create heat? Hmm. <laughs> like this is to. important. I mean, you would have to like to having survive. to chop and split wood and burn it and have like, you know, one of the, you know, s stoves that you regulate the heat and you yeah. have to get up in the middle of the night to refuel, you know, I feel like that's very different than just having a thermostat. True. That's my that is true. Very oh, I see. Okay. Well, <laughs> based on what you said, Paige, I d I'm with the other ladies, 100% the internet. I mm -hmm. think life might be a little better without the internet, except we couldn't be doing this right now. So <laughs> That's true. Yes. True. <laughs> yes. The It would be sad, especially for someone like me who basically majority of my life internet has been around um, yeah. to be without internet. However, I'm like, well, I could always just go to someone who does have internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just because I don't have internet doesn't mean my friend doesn't have internet. <laughs> I do want to add one thing. Calling them all the time. Like, hey, can you look up this recipe? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. Can you tell me directions too? Oh, we wouldn't um, know how to get anywhere. Yeah. I just wanted to add one thing is if I lived in Texas, 
hands down. I would not be able to survive without. Well, okay, I would. But air conditioning, I, I just like the colds. That's where I was going with that. So if I was in Texas, I, I don't think I could have the internet and really be okay without yeah. air conditioning. Really, you so. could just like, if you lived in California, you could go without AC and heating. Or Hawaii. <laughs> True. It's like the same all year. <laughs> I know a lot of people like AC there too, but the, yeah, the caveat to this is I could totally go without heating or air conditioning if I lived in a wonderful tropical climate, which I think God did make one mistake ever. It was having me not born in the tropics, but. <laughs> <laughs> and marrying a man who loves Alaska. Yeah, and that I live in Alaska. I don't know what is happening. But... <laughs> it's a good, good yeah. question. Yeah, though. good question. Or Thanks. Yeah. Well, we are going to move into our story, which involves my, Sarah and myself tonight. But Sarah, before we get started, we'd love to just hear a little bit about you, um, your background, what you do in your life about your awesome family. So yeah, let us know. Tell us, tell us about yourself. Sure. Yeah. Fantastic. So I live in Austin, Texas, which is a big bustling city. Um, and I grew up not far from here in a town called New Braunfels, um, which is about an hour away. Uh, I have my husband, Matt, and I have five children and they range from, gosh, a freshman in high school. So almost 15. Um, and then we have, uh, three other boys too, who are in sixth grade, fourth grade, first grade. And then we have a sweet and spicy four-year-old daughter. Um, <laughs> so every day is a mix of emotional and academic and social dancing, like yes. what is happening? And it's just <laughs> awesome. Uh, but before our son Gabriel was born, I taught middle school for three years in oh. Houston and I absolutely loved it. Um, and yeah, so now there's just lots of lots of teaching all of little bits of life lessons at home every day. Um, Probably lots of driving. Oh, you know, most of our life is kind of revolves around our parish and school, which are right in our neighborhood. Our community oh, mostly are packed. But our oldest son did start um, the Catholic high school, which is about 10 miles north. Thankfully, there is a bus that he oh. can get on to get back and forth. Uh, but yeah, it is living in a big city, the big city of Austin. Even if you are just going a few miles, you have to get used to being in your car because traffic is mm -hmm. pretty heavy. Yeah. Um, the city of 30 city, minutes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. And, but it is so, there's so much natural beauty in this city, even though we're in a big city. Um, so I love being here. It's fun. Good. And, and the busyness of the downtown, it really, um, if you just lean in, into it, the energy is can be really enlivening. Are you a music person? You know, I know Austin can be is known for some of their music scene. Oh, that's a great question. Um, I like music. I cannot play or sing music. I <laughs> and I'm definitely not going to concerts all the time. But um, with five kids, enjoy a mix of it. Yeah, I love it. Well, thanks for being here, Sarah. And I just sitting here with you today. You know, even though we're at a distance. I just, from the first time I talked to you on the phone, I felt like I knew you. So that's going to be part of the story tonight. So I'm, I think I'll, we'll dive in here if you guys are ready. Um, so in February of this year, my parents decided to take a train from Ann Arbor to Austin, Texas. Don't <laughs> ask me why. Actually, I do know why. I had taken a train from Ann Arbor to Chicago um, after Christmas because it was way cheaper to fly back to Alaska from Chicago. 
And so I was like, oh, this will be fun. Four hours on the train. I'll hang out in Chicago for, for a night. And I was raving about this, this how great the train was. <laughs> I told my parents, and they said, well, maybe we'll take a train to, to Texas. I said, that's a little bit different. Yeah. A lot more hours. So I think the total time, yes. The, I think the total time was something like 36 or 37 hours <gasps> traveling. And I can't remember if that was train travel time or they, they did have a break in Chicago. So I can't remember how many hours the break was, but it's a long, like trains, if you think about it, they're exciting, but they don't go fast and they stop a lot. Yeah. Right. Anyway, my dad being my dad is, you know, showing us where they are on his little phone, you know, all that stuff. Like, <laughs> oh, we're in St. Louis now. And wow, you're kind of halfway there from Chicago. Anyway. Yeah. Quite. <laughs> yeah. The fun conversation as they're traveling down. And so this is, I think the end of February uh-huh. and so, you know, we're constantly checking in. Where are you? Are you there? Are you feeling okay? Did you sleep? You know, all this stuff. And um, so they arrive. And so my older sister, Bridget, lives in Austin, which is the reason my parents were going. And um, they had dinner together. And I, my sister texted at one point and said, Dad's not feeling well. We're going to the ER. And I said, oh, no. And we didn't really, that's all she said, um, if I remember correctly. But um Basically what happened was they were eating dinner and he was like, well, I'm just not feeling great. So they go into the hospital. So their trip was supposed to be what, you know, a week. They go into the hospital and normally, so my dad's had some heart issues. And so normally it's, they do these certain tests and then it's like, okay, yeah, we need to do this. I don't know heart stuff. I'm probably going to be criticized by my sister about this, but um, they do, you know, they, a different language. they do yeah. these basic tests. And then right. we were, we were finding that we, the results weren't coming quickly or the results weren't what the doctors wanted. So it was, we were starting, I was starting to get more worried. I was like, gosh, what is going on? So long story short, he had a heart attack and their week long trip turned into a much longer trip. And so immediately we knew it was okay. You had a heart attack stents aren't going to help. We need to do surgery. And it was something, I think maybe six days later, sometime in that week frame. And so here I am in Alaska, my older, other sisters in Colorado, my older sisters in, you know, Texas dealing with all of that. And my, my immediate thought kind of went to, how can I take, how can I help them from here? And how can I help them, um, find lodging or, food or a car. So that was kind of, you know, I'm good at coordinating things. I'm communicative. I'm, you know, savvy with the internet. And so, um, Paige came to mind. I think I messaged you. I can't remember specifics. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just started thinking about all the people I knew in Texas. It's like, okay, you know, who might be able to help us? And I, I might've posted something on, I might've posted something on, um, my Facebook page. Anyway, Paige had this great suggestion to connect me with, um, blessed is she Austin. And I kind of, in, I remember in the bustle, it was like, okay, sure. I don't know what that's going to do for me. You know, I was, I, <laughs> there's so much going on, a lot of communications. And I don't know if any of you have had the experience where something traumatic's happening and you're kind of like honed in, mm-hmm. right. You know, you're getting all these messages, you know, people are asking how he's doing and I'm like, I don't really know. And so anyway, um, I did, and actually, I just found the post I made. I was like, what day was that? So it was March 2nd. <laughs> and I just reached out and I said, hey, if anybody, you know, knows anybody in the Austin area, you know, my parents need some help. Uh, my dad's having heart issues. And 
I'm just hoping that we can find lodging or car, a car or something for them. And so this was probably two days maybe after their arrival. Eh, maybe not. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But um, <laughs> it was close to the, the beginning of their time there. And so and I want to add just oh, yeah. like being friends with Margaret, like, you know, the messaging, some of the stress that was happening mm. too is like, we don't know how long they're going to be here. They don't have just unlimited financial ability to like get a rental car that's going to cost a thousand dollars a week and right. to, you know, <laughs> pay for an Airbnb or hotel and just be racking up all these bills on top of the hospital bills. So there was just mm -hmm. that element too of like, uh, if they end up being here like a month or more, um, we really need to find a situation that isn't them just paying out of pocket for everything. Mm -hmm. The financial and side. My, go ahead. Paige. Margaret, your mom specifically wanted to be close to the hospital that your dad was at, right? For all these little, you know, desires. Yeah. Because she didn't want to have to navigate the city. Um, if she was driving, it was all these little nuances. And, you know, Uber can get expensive. And so, yeah, it was just kind of thinking about, you know, how can we take care of my mom in the midst of all of this too? Because she's the one who actually needs to leave and come back and get a meal and whatever it is. So, um, so I, I posted and then I, I didn't feel like I got a lot of responses right away, but I feel like it was within like four or six days that I just, I was, I went to the Lord and I said, okay, God, you know what they need. You know what our family needs. And I know you're going to provide this. I just know. And people Margaret, were asking me, did you find, sorry, really fast. Maybe you should explain why they couldn't just stay with your sister or your mom couldn't just stay with oh, your sister. Oh, good point. <laughs> good point. Okay. So yes, my sister lives there, but has a very teeny tiny little house and two dogs. Um, and I don't think it was as close to the hospital. So, and then she was working in there. Yeah. There was just a lot of little factors and it just, it didn't, make a lot of sense for her to, to stay there. So thank mm -hmm. you for mentioning that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, there, my older sister was there and she was taking a care of, of a lot of the, um, questions, medical questions that my family was sending. And so she kind of has her gifts, right. And I, I don't have the medical gifts. Those all went to Bridget, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, like I said, I had this ability to communicate. And so <clears throat> I was just waiting and praying and waiting and praying and, one day, this woman, I just checked. I thought her name was Heather, but it's not. It's Olivia. Sends a message yeah. and said, my friend, Sarah Fox, you need to contact her. She's the nicest person in the world. And I was like, oh, the nicest person in the world. That sounds promising. And so <laughs> you sent me up. Don't believe everything Olivia says. Oh, okay. Thanks. I wish. Okay. Um, she sent me a private message oh. and I gave me your number. And so I, I'm pretty sure I called you. As soon as I got that, I, I don't remember exactly, but I remember I was like, I need to call this woman. And I do remember calling you, Sarah, and saying, hi, this is Margaret. Uh, and I don't think I knew how to tell you who I was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for someone to host your <laughs> I remember you saying, like, I'm, I was confused because the, the phone number I have is still a Michigan number. She's like, who's calling you yes. Ann Arbor? And so then... Yeah, we start this conversation. So at this point, I don't actually know how Olivia reached out to you, but um, blessed yeah. is she ended up connecting us. And so I don't know how you heard besides my phone call. That's right. So Olivia um, is a friend who um, is part of our St. Teresa's parish and school community. And so we're part of a rosary group together. So we have um, this text chain and she had seen this and I think she'd sent it to a few of us and maybe some other friends too that she knows. 
And, uh, but I need to back up too, because what's so beautiful is you mentioned that this happened and it was right around Ash, when, Ash Wednesday last year was Wednesday, March 2nd. And so just a few weeks before that over, um, things were going really south in Ukraine and our family had been watching all these families open up their homes to, you know, these refugees. And I remember that was really on my heart last year. Um, we were trying to pray for, for the families who were just opening their homes to total strangers and providing for all their needs at this very stressful time and, and praying for them, praying like, God, who can we help? Who can we help Mm -hmm. show us, help us to be so generous and not be afraid. Right. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden I get this text and, um, I forget exactly what it had said other than that. Like there's, you know, a family who's in need of a, a place to stay. And so in our home, which we see as a total gift from God that we have landed in this home we're at, um, that could be a whole nother podcast. But anyway, our home is set up <laughs> so that we have our main home and then we have this little breezeway between the garage that connects to um, a bedroom, which uh, the previous owners, I think, had used that room for maybe some of their personal work as an office. And, um, that room three years ago, almost three years ago to the day I got diagnosed with breast cancer. And so that became my, Mm. we called it a she shed, but it was a room and my husband calls it the healing room now, right? It was my space to go stay and be quiet Mm. because there's just a little bit of distance from like the bustle of everyday life and things going on, but you're right there. You're still connected. Um, and it has its own little bathroom and, a month before your parents even came, I think it was a month, we put in this tiny little like stovetop and fridge just to have wow. it. We don't know when guests might need to stay for a little while, right? <laughs> and then of course we put it in. I was like, why did, why were we in such a hurry to do this? Like, I don't know. Okay, well, hopefully, you know, we'll use it. So when I saw this text from Olivia, it was just one of those moments, right? Like, oh, well, God, I wasn't quite expecting, you know, this opportunity and um, so soon or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And some of those, some of those fears kind of creep in like, Oh, I want to say yes, but Oh, what, what does that mean? Right. You know, hundred percent. And also too, um, I thought to myself like, okay, I, I felt in my heart, like, I want to say yes to this, but I also wanted to respect how my husband felt about it too. Of course. And so, um, so I went to him and I was like, Matt, Hey, I got this text. And here's what's going on. And without hesitation, he was like, well, yes, let's say yes. Oh my gosh. And so um, I said, are you sure? He was like, yes, let's say yes. So I think I, I think I texted Olivia or maybe I got on the Facebook. Um, I just thought that you she didn't send a message. message like, but I never saw me. that until right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Call me. Maybe they can help. Um, yeah. And so that. That's how I heard about the need, okay. but still, I kind of didn't know what the situation was other right. than there's a couple. Right. And, and they need, to, they need right. a space to stay. I mean, it's, a, it's so, <laughs> it's so incredible. There's so much more too. I'm excited to tell this. So yes, I eventually call you mm-hmm. and I think, oh, yeah. And this is important because I, I thought you were from Alaska and you mentioned your Ann Arbor number. Oh, right. Yep. 
So <laughs> I'm calling her from Alaska. She's like, but wait, that's an Ann Arbor number. So yeah, so I made the phone call. It was awkward at the beginning, but there were all these little things. Like I was telling my mom about it and you know, you just said the word she shed and she's like, maybe it's a she shed. And it's just crazy. So anyway, um, well, called- and an Ann Arbor number was a big deal because, um, we had lived in Ann Arbor exactly. for a few years. So when the number came up, I was like, who, who is calling me? I thought I have all my friends from Ann Arbor in my phone as contacts, you know, so wild. I love, I, I just love surprised. how God works. So I call yeah. Sarah. She's as friendly as can be. I'm just, I said, man, I like this lady. And so we just start talking about the situation. And, you know, I'm like, my parents need a quiet space. And ideally there's a, there's a lazy boy. And she's like, oh yeah, there's a lazy boy in there. And I was like, okay. And then, you know, the Ann Arbor connection, I was like, no, you've got to be kidding. And she's like, no, no, we live there. And I'm like, I'm from there. And, um, the whole she shed thing, it was just every little, it felt like everything that we talked about was like, oh yeah, obviously. And at one point Sarah goes, of course, because this is how God this is how God, this is how this is going because God wants it to happen. It was just yeah. every little nuance, these thing that we mentioned that felt like, oh yeah, we have that chair. Oh yeah. It's, we call it the she shed. Oh yeah. It's private. Oh yeah. It's detached from the house. And then you ended and up super close to the hospital. Well, yes. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. and that's right. So we're just a few blocks away. So, or not a few blocks. Well, yeah, kind of a few blocks in Austin terms, but not far at all. <laughs> it was a lesson is 10 minutes um, or something. Yeah. But I loved, I love that the chair was there. Cause I remember being like, well, with his surgery, it would probably help to have a, re- a chair he can relax in. I don't know where he can find that. And I was like, oh yeah, like the one my husband bought me when I was in there resting and recovering. <laughs> and then the other thing too, is you were looking for a car for transportation. Right. And so we, um, our family uh, didn't have a car, uh, but I, my dad is a man of uh, some interesting hobbies. And one of them <laughs> is he really likes a deal. And he likes to deal on cars sometimes. So after, I think it was probably after, um, I waited like 24, 48 hours and I thought, oh, they haven't found one. I'm just going to call my dad and see if he'd be willing to let us use car. Cause he's a generous guy. And, um, but what the heck, why not? You know, to so call him up and I kind of explained the situation and he said, well, uh, if they don't mind, they can use my, he has an old RAV4. And so, um, I said, okay, well, let me double check. Cause I want to make sure that they're comfortable with that. Right. Because I, I didn't know your parents and how I knew that driving in the city was going to feel a little wild. So I thought, well, let me make sure, you know, this kind of car would be okay because I, I forget to, it made some really weird noise with the brakes. My dad calls oh. it like the clinker or something, He's like, <laughs> you know? I better make sure that's okay too. I don't want to startle anyone driving on the road. But then I told you that, told you that, and you're like, oh my gosh, of course it's a RAV4 because that's what my mom drives at home. I was like, oh, <laughs> of course, God, right? Like, wow. you know, is it silver and does it have a, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, just down to every detail. It was amazing. Wow. Right? He really is a god of details, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was incredible because I think. I think I, at the point, at that point, I'd kind of given up on the car idea. And your mom was just nervous about the whole thing in general. Totally. So just to, you know, have a car found for her and basically be able to get in a car that feels like the one she's mm-hmm. driving every day. It's just amazing. It really is. And so, yeah, it's, you know, Matt worked at the hospital. It was all these connections, um, it, the location, the proximity, the the type of space. It was just 
it was just one of those things where like, I could not have made this up. Like God is clearly presenting this, you know, and, and Sarah, your, your gift of giving, um, and your generosity. So then my sisters, I think my little sister had gone to Texas at this point and they all came and visited you to check it out. Yeah. And, and oh my gosh, I think we were hosting um um eighth grade end of season basketball party in our oh, yeah, and I remember saying like <laughs> Of course you okay. were <laughs> I, Okay. I I'm so excited you're coming to look. I don't want to overwhelm you. We don't have like thirty-five teenage boys in our yard every day, I promise you will get some rest. <laughs> Quiet. So funny. But your mom was a great sport. And I just, yeah, I got a text back saying it's perfect. And I just felt like, wow, God, you literally closed that gap of however many, how many thousand miles mm -hmm. is it to Texas? You know, 4,000? I don't know. I feel like you should know this page. Um, but it's 4,000 from Alaska. Yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So then they, then my mom started using the place and you offered the car and, and, I don't know, just, I guess maybe share a little bit about your experience. You know, we, you were such a gift to us and, you know, here now I felt like I had this huge burden had been lifted. Like Bernadette said earlier is, you know, the, I, I was thinking about the financial side and I was like, wow, I, I'm sure they'd be fine, but if we can help them, if I can help them, mm -hmm. you know, it just would make such a huge difference. Yeah. Um, and I know also just like, you know, even when your parents have come up to Alaska, you've always talked about how your mom doesn't love traveling. Mm -hmm. Like she always gets nervous with mm -hmm. it too. So for something like this to happen when she's so far away right. from home and you were just really wanting to be able to take care of her. And so for her to be like, wow, this place is perfect. And to be so comfortable with the location and the car and, the, you know, yeah. have a family. She wasn't like totally alone either. Right. She had connections now. Um, it was just really cool to hear how it all unfolded. So like, yeah, a God of details exactly. clearly orchestrated it. Yeah. Wasn't planning on staying in Texas for a month and yet yeah. <laughs> we did, but she even said many times, like what a gift you were to them. So, um, oh. I don't know. I just, yeah, I want to hear more about your experience with them staying there. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, oh my gosh, it was just so beautiful. I was thinking back on this and I think one of the most amazing things, um, was we just got, you know, little moments to share and get to know each other. And so as we were talking, you know, kind of like, I think at one point talking about Ann Arbor, um, it came up that your family had been prisoners at Christ the King for a while. And so I said, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. We didn't live far from there. And uh, when we lived there and our, we had our oldest son, Gabriel was little, and then our son Oliver was born, but we would go to daily mass at different places. And so I saw that our lives had already crossed paths in a lot of ways. But what was so beautiful for me was um, one of my best friends there, her name is Ani. And as, as we made this Christ the King connection, I said, well, I wonder, you know, if you might know my, my friend or her family. And of course they did. Right. And I had this moment where you know, sometimes it's not like God audibly said this, but I just felt these words go through my heart and mind. And they really pierced me. It was who you think is a stranger is your brother. And that was so mm -hmm. powerful for me in my Lenten journey. It's like, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of who you think you don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so that was, it really is just, I feel like when I look back on that time, yeah, that's what I I think of God teaching me so much as I'm, I will provide for everything, like turn to me in prayer and I will take care of every last detail, Literally. but also 
but who you think is a stranger is your brother. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did like in the short time your parents were here, we absolutely fell in love with them. It was Mm -hmm. so much fun um, just to share these little moments. We, you know, would sit in the backyard. It was great because the weather was so nice here. And so (laughs) when they stayed, thankfully the heat hadn't hit. (laughs) Although yes. we still did have air conditioning on, even when it's nice here. <laughs> My dad probably appreciated um, that. <laughs> yeah, but um, I don't know. It was, it was just a real joy to, I mean, our kids love them. I think Lewis wanted to, our son Lewis, he was born as a ray of sunshine and like Mr. Personality, <laughs> but he maybe tried to like sleep out there with them some nights. He loved them so <laughs> oh, um, so They so just cute. always had a smile and a story to share and we're so um, just so good to us and patient with us because, you know, with five kids and our dog, Francis is just crazy. And (laughs) they just brought so much love into our home um, and kindness. And um, it was another gift for me too, because uh, so we live here among um, my husband's father and stepmother and my mother and then my father Mm -hmm. and his girlfriend and Matt's stepfather and his mother passed away just a few months before your parents had come. And so I think that as we are, uh, Matt, neither Matt or I grew up with our grandparents around us very close. I mean, we loved them, Mm -hmm. but we felt God pulling us here to um, bless us with the presence of, of our aging parents and um, to be blessed by their presence and for our children, for this generational experience that we didn't have. And so um, it it just was a joy. I felt like um, to be able to, sometimes it's easier to love and care for people who aren't even your own parents, at least for Mm -hmm. us growing up and with in our home, sometimes um, that's made it hard. Yeah. And so your your parents' presence here was this real gift to me of, of being of God also whispering like, would you be so loving and patient for your own parents? Mm. Um, that probably sounds tough. I don't know. I'm just going to be honest with no, you. No, I, like, I think you're hitting it's the nail on the head. Challenge, and so <laughs> yeah. you know, if I can welcome someone in and um, and just find delight in them and in their presence. Um, can I do that with our own aging parents and mm. can I be extra patient or if they're recovering from an illness, you know, am I going to, am I going to ask them if, you know, they just want to sit outside and talk for a little bit or, or not. And so um, there was just so much to learn, but most of all, I just love them. I think I, they're just such a joy. I miss them. <laughs> Well, I love it when your mom will me text every now and then. Like, Maybe not on the trains. <laughs> yeah, not on the trains. So I think you're, I imagine that, you know, my sisters and I, none of us are married or have kids. So I think being around your kids was actually really good for them too. You know, I knew my mom would be hesitant to stay in a, you know, a home with, with a lot of bustling because she gets, she can get really overwhelmed. Plus she was going through something very intense. And right. um, I think, you know, in the grand scheme of things at the end of it all, she was, she said what a blessing it was to be around the young people. And I think sometimes mm-hmm. we forget kids are such a gift. Um, I used to be terrified of kids cause I didn't really grow up with like little, little siblings and I just didn't know what to do with them. Right. And, and now I'm having more and more exposure and seeing more and more of the light of God in them and the beauty and you know, you y'all's kids. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I've met all of your kids, which is awesome. Um, 
Sarah, your family's so beautiful and Paige's boys oh, are awesome. And Michael um, loves Margaret. Michael's pretty stinking cute. <laughs> and um, it's, it's, I think it's been really eye opening for me. It's a little bit of a tangent, but just to, to experience life through the eyes of little people. And I think we, mm-hmm. when we isolate ourselves too much as adults, I think we forget, you know, mm-hmm. we, we get so caught up in whatever the world is distracting us by. And you just look at the face of a child and they're delighted by a leaf. It's just, you know, when we went camping with mm-hmm. Michael that one time and he just wanted to play in the dirt. Mm-hmm. It's like Aww. such a simple. All I needed was stick. And yes. Yeah. And he was yeah. thrilled and he was constantly putting his hands yeah. in it. Yeah. And how much joy it gives like everyone around that child. So yes. it's just, it's beautiful. Cause the you know, delight. like just hearing how God orchestrated this whole thing. You just imagine recovering from a heart attack and being in this strange place. And um, I mean, we'll never know the impact that it had, but mm-hmm. I can just imagine having, you know, the five children around you, your son who loved them so much. He wanted to sleep in their little apartment, <laughs> you know, um, it's like your dad will probably never know how much that just helped him to heal too. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other yeah. thing I was thinking when you were sharing Sarah is, you know, you had prayed, you know, who can we help? And kind of going back even further to like each of us sitting right here, responding to God's call led us to where we are right now. So, you know, Paige ended up in Alaska because God called her up here. You know, Bernadette ended up in Alaska because she said yes to marrying Kyle who loves Alaska. I ended up in Alaska because I felt the Lord calling me to Alaska. I meet Paige And because I knew Paige, I was connected with Sarah, who lives in Texas. Mm -hmm. And you guys were called back to Texas, like you said. You know, you were listening to the Lord. You needed to be near parents and grandparents and all that. Um, Like, what a gift. Because if Mm -hmm. any one of us ignored that call, then we might, this may never have happened. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about just listening to the Lord and like miracles of, it might not be an, you know, it's not the kind of miracle maybe we think of, but it is it is a beautiful thing to obey the Lord and it can it can mm-hmm. result in things like this, which I see is the incredible miracle that like you said, a girl in Alaska and a woman in Texas are connected and yeah. able to help some mm-hmm. people. So well, and I also will say listening to this story from like this outsider's perspective and thinking about it in terms of okay, like this is a podcast about miracles and we're talking about like, okay, someone someone listening might say, oh, this is just a bunch of connections and coincidence. But, you know, when you really look at the bigger picture of life in general, you know, God uses everything for the good for those who love him. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when we're actually looking at, like, the global perspective of this, God uses so much suffering and hardship and so many things that feel like the opposite of a miracle to bring stuff like this about, but all of it depends on us just turning to him and everything. And it's so beautiful to hear. I I, I hadn't heard your side of the story yet, Sarah, just how, you know, I, I knew that you had a battle with breast cancer, but I didn't know how that had impacted your home and created this space. And then that you and your husband were called to set it up in case anybody else might need it. And that was just in time for Margaret's parents to arrive. <laughs> um, and also this world tragedy, you know, watching, Ukraine being attacked and families being torn apart, you know, like all of a sudden there are Ukrainian families that local parishes were trying to house, you know, and that that impacted you in a way that was a horrible thing, but it opened up your heart to actually giving this miraculous support to Margaret's parents. So 
it's just, it's really cool to see how, yes, we live in a world where no miracle is ever going to get rid of the horrible things Mm -hmm. that happen every day. But what we need to keep in mind is like, if we're open to what God has in store for us, he's going to use the suffering that we experience and the suffering of the world to also bring about amazing, wonderful, um, joyful experiences and, and things that, you know, like Margaret said, you might not say, wow, this is like a huge miracle, but in a sense, it's like, yeah, it is a miracle to Mm -hmm. have this whole situation unfold and have just this perfect place and vehicle and environment (laughs) for Margaret's dad to heal thousands of miles away from home. So, Mm um, I guess, what I would love to hear from you, if you're willing, is, um, you know, if anybody's listening to this and just trying to imagine being in your shoes, Sarah, um, I know like you seem like such a humble person. <laughs> so, I, you know, it might be hard for you to answer this, but I just, I'm wondering what advice you would give somebody about, you know, how to prepare yourself or pray or be open if somebody's listening and they they're like, oh, I might have been too afraid mm-hmm. to, yeah. I, I don't know, like be in that space or to say yes. So yeah, if you have any advice, I'd love to hear oh, it. Gosh, <laughs> that's a great question. You know, I think we're all on this journey together, and I think that, um, gosh, I feel like if we give this daily offering, right, our daily fiat. Lord, what do you want? Like, help me to be like Mary and say, let it be done according to you. Open my heart, open my eyes. And that little tiny yes um, that we give each day may seem so small, but I tell our kids, it's like with, you know, learning a new skill, like little by little, it's going to get stronger. And I think that's how it is with our yes, as we um, just becomes firmer and our hearts become more sensitive and, uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I don't have a super answer on this other than just give your daily yes and pray for a sensitive heart and, and be not afraid. And even when you think, oh, I feel a little afraid, tell yourself, be not afraid. And, um, <laughs> you know, take no, the I next think that's right perfect. step. I think that's mm-hmm. perfect. The Beautiful. little, the little lessons, <laughs> the little <laughs> yeses help us practice the bigger one for the mm-hmm. bigger ones, right? It's prepared mm-hmm. for right. the bigger ones. So that's right. You're right. It does Pract- take work. Yeah. And practice little acts of generosity every day, small as can be. And, um, and that'll uh, set us up for what's ahead. It is yeah. funny when sometimes God, you know, you, like you said, you, you prayed, how can we help someone? And then he's like, here you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's almost sometimes we don't expect him to answer that fast. Or we, mm-hmm. we expect like, mm-hmm. oh, something I have a little more time to digest or, you know what I mean? Like, it's not always yeah, for sure. up here is a huge miracle. It's like, and I didn't have a ton of time to make the decision. It was just kind of like, I'm yeah. praying for something new and you want to send me where, when, <laughs> you know, Alaska, November. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, okay. You know, there's yeah. a lot of hesitation, but I mean, I'm hearing it in your voice too. It's like my trip here, there's been so much fruit and it's this little situation too. You know, it was huge for our family. It wasn't little. Um, so much fruit and, you know, the connection that I was able to meet you. What month was that? May, which was so awesome. Yeah, that's uh, right. And then, so you know, awesome. we're permanently in a way bound together now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's right. From this, that's this right. Suffering yeah. event that turned into a beautiful, good mm-hmm. thing. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just, you know, again, thinking about the bigger picture, like your battle with breast cancer and everything that you suffered through 
like you you would never I'm guessing you would never choose that and say like, Lord, give me that so that I can grow and yeah, right. be open to serve you in the future. But it's just so cool when you go through horrible things and then later you realize like, wow, that really set me up to have such an open, loving heart and to be a blessing mm-hmm. to others around me in a way that maybe, you know, wouldn't have happened even, we wouldn't have had the physical space, you know, um, if I hadn't gone through that mm-hmm. type of growth. And like, even on, on my end of things, just with, losing our first two babies, I would mm. never, ever choose to go through that. But there have just been so many women now that I have been able to be so close to and walk through that, mm. you know, the infertility mm. or loss with. Um, and I just know that, you know, women were such a bomb in my suffering to me who were, had experienced that. And then now I can see from this future perspective of like, okay, I hate that I went through that, yeah. but I'm also kind of grateful for it because of what I'm able to give now that I definitely yeah. was not even on my radar before. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I also Which, just wanted to kind of go back to what Margaret was saying. Cause I was reflecting on the same thing last night of like how God had to orchestrate every single thing for this to happen. Right? Like, Margaret, you had to move to Alaska. I had to move to Alaska. Sarah had to move to Austin. And and then even taking a step further, the women who started Blessed Is She had to start Blessed Is She yes, and have that inspiration. And then for whatever reason, creating all of the Facebook groups that have to do specifically with the city in the state and like me just randomly being in the Austin one because I grew up in Austin. And all of, like the million times we said we were going to move back to Austin. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, yeah, like Sarah being in that same group and like, yeah, I was just thinking of this last night and I was like, wow, it was every, everything had to like, he orchestrated everything, not specifically for this reason, but because he knew that this would be happening and that all of these things coming together would bless your parents in that moment that he knew that that suffering would come upon them. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I was just Incredible. like, wow. Yeah, and I know then like, blessed is she just blesses so many yes. women <laughs> oh, yeah. with Shout everything else they do. Blessed is she. We yeah. love you. All of us. <laughs> if you ever want to come on the podcast, please <laughs> email us. Yes. Oh. And if you didn't know, they have Facebook groups based on the city that you live in. So you yeah. should join them. Mm-hmm. That the Alaska one's not terribly active. I try to be, but there are not very many people active on there. But that's okay. We're going to make it bigger, right? Yeah. Well, I that's have because thought. go ahead. Alaska Catholic community. We already all know each other. There's <laughs> <laughs> only thousand people in one fifth of the U.S. here. So <laughs> yes, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, we're just yep. in person for our Blessed Is She group. All yeah. The time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we don't call it. That. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was just thinking too about um, the idea of suffering. And I think every single one of our podcast interviews has involved a mm. bit of suffering. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, this, this world is, we, we run from it and it's all about comfort. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like today I got a crown. It wasn't comfortable or fun, but there are way worse things that I could be experiencing. And then it's taking that suffering and it's how, how we deal with it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was, we've all been through stuff. Um, and I just, I just, I guess I want to encourage listeners that if you are fighting a battle or feel like you're suffering alone, first of all, you're not alone, but 
really truly good can come from it. Um, and I, I don't want to say it's an attitude because I think it's okay to suffer and be sad. And, you know, it's, it's okay to, it's not like you have to suffer and be like, yay, I'm suffering. Um, but asking God for the strength and then looking back maybe on past, you know, situations where you were hurting and, and you were brought through it and how, you know, we're, we really are stronger after that. And so the beauty of, of suffering really does have beauty, even though it's difficult and nobody wants, mm-hmm. nobody wants it. Like, I don't want you to lose a baby again. Like, the, yeah, when I heard you, you know, lost both of them. But the second one, I was just like, are you kidding God? I remember saying that you got, mm-hmm. you know, like, this mm-hmm. is not fair. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just, I guess I just want to encourage you all that good really does come. Mm-hmm. Suffering has purpose. Um, if we, yes, if we yes. allow it. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, that gives me kind of a thought to lead into many miracles. Okay. But one of the things that I love about today's podcast is that we have like such a two-sided story for the first time. We have, we have like the family that needed a miracle and the, and the person that God used to provide the mm-hmm. miracle. And well, there's also know, a miracle on our end too. Like, yes, <laughs> it's a miracle and God can open our hearts to be more generous. Right. Amen. So it's, a, it's both ways. Right. Gotta point exactly. That out. Yeah. So <laughs> Well, I, I'm going to um, ask everyone for their mini miracles of the week, but I'm going to share mine first because I want to share just another similar experience. Um, my husband and I were recently, um, like we donate a portion of our monthly tithe to our parish, but we leave a chunk of it to just for um, anything that comes up. Like if we're out in Nome, we like to get stuff for their food bank or if someone, you know, reaches out with a specific mission, we like to have, you know, um, just for, for random things. And we also really like to help people in our community or people who we're connected with, if something comes up and they need something. And I was just kind of like praying and seeing what God was putting on my heart because we had this chunk of money. And I was like, you know, where, where do we want to put this? Um, and I was like, Hey, Kyle, what do you think of, uh, giving some money to Margaret because she just had, you know, what your, this tooth thing, like oh, Margaret yeah. had her crown procedure today. It's costing you like 15, $16,000 or something. The, the, uh, yeah, there's two, two different crowns, but anyway, yes, the so implant was Margaret's costing been, a yeah, lot of money. Having some <laughs> like tooth issues, which have been really, really horrible. And I'm so sorry you're going through it, Thanks. but we were just aware, obviously she's a youth minister and part of her contract is that she can't work another job, you know? So anyway, just, we were just aware of Margaret, um, you know, having a lot of medical bills recently. So we decided, okay, we're going to send this chunk of money to Margaret. So, um, I Venmoed Margaret and I sent her a message like, Hey, we just wanted to give this to you to help you out. Cause we know that, you know, what you're going through right now. And Margaret, um, sends a text back and she's like, I literally today was feeling so overwhelmed and just said a prayer like, Lord, I need you to take care of this. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then she gets this Venmo from us. Um, and so it was just really cool because again, like it, it wasn't us at all. We're just blessed with a certain income. Right. We give that portion of money. God placed that on my heart. And it just, it was so cool to be like, wow, God just used us to like answer a prayer immediately. Um, so yeah, that's my mini miracle of this week. And thank you a million times. <laughs> <Yay>. Seriously. <laughs> Thank you, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> Next. Paige. Okay. Um, my mini miracle is that 
So I'm about to hit nine weeks of pregnancy and the first trimester symptoms have been real. Um, so last night was the first time that I was able to cook dinner in like a month. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So that, and it like involved Italian sausage and bacon. So oh, like, I was wow. cooking with raw meat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't get sick. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. So that was a miracle for uh, me. <laughs> love it. That's awesome. What about you, Margaret? Honestly, it's another dental thing. So yes, I've, I'm beginning working on an implant, lots of money, whatever. Um, but I, it's another thing where I went into the whole implant process and I was like, okay, Lord, I trust you that you're going to take care of this. Well, today I had another crown put in, which I mentioned before, and I went up to the counter to pay and she's like, well, someone paid a portion of it for you. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? I have no idea who. I have no idea who. What? Oh. Yeah. And I just, so yeah, going along with the same vein of like, this is something that is not necessarily in my budget, but I was making it work and God was just, you know, has blessed me twice now. So I'm, I'm just, I was just floored. So that's mm. my mini miracle. That's awesome. Sarah, do you have one? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> so um, I'm going to give a shout out to this week. I was actually yesterday morning. There is this amazing, amazing place here in Austin. It's called Community First Village. You should definitely check it out. If you have never heard of it, um, long story short, this man named Alan Graham, um, he got involved with the homeless and he saw that they, there were, there was a lack of relationship, right? And so he has helped to create this community with these tiny homes and, um, it is a solution to help get people out of chronic homelessness. And so it's just amazing. They have all these, um, all these different facilities there so that people can get, you know, healthcare and they can have dignified incomes working through, um, this big art center where they like make jewelry, even Kendra Scott, who is a big jewelry person and she's based out of Austin. Like they can go and they can help make designs for her and, wow, and there's cool. farming and they, it's all this stuff. Totally amazing. Wow. But a huge part of it is there are volunteer opportunities for, um, just anyone who wants to go off there and work in certain shifts. Uh, and so I get to go work at, they have a little grocery store there. And so I got to be the clerk oh, and cool. it was, yeah, it's so, it was so amazing. It is truly miraculous. Um, because it has, uh, just, I love theology of the body. I love the, like, mm -hmm. you know, see the dignity of every person. Mm -hmm. Uh, but sometimes let's be honest, people who are homeless on the streets, uh, when I was raised, it was like, watch out. And oh, some right. have real mental illnesses and, and you can look very frightening. And so, but in this sense of helping create community and stability and care for those who are homeless, to be able to go work with them now who are getting on their feet, um, it is just awesome. And I feel like it is such an amazing blessing. And I learned so much from these men and women who are living there and, um, and giving a yes every day to live among community. And I, so that was it. Wow. Getting to work at it. it. 
work out there. Incredible. That's that's so awesome because last week's episode that we did was all about um, a homeless ministry that is started up in Alaska. Yeah. And, and building relationship. And, um, and so just to anybody who it's been on your heart all week about maybe volunteering and helping with the homeless people, let Sarah's mini miracle inspire you even more. Yeah. Be not afraid. This is God like pushing you. Every little yes. That's right. The next yes easier. That's right. So see the dignity of every person, right? Like God, it's just awesome. God loves every single one of us. Mm -hmm. And who you think is a stranger is your brother. I love that. Yes. (laughs) The quote of the podcast. That's amazing. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with Margaret. And I'm really excited to get coffee with you soon in person. (laughs) Thank you Um, so much for inviting me to do this too. It's been so fun and such a blessing. And yeah, yeah, I hope anyone who is listening will be blessed by it. Amen. Absolutely. Yes. I will close this in prayer now. The name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit, come. Lord God, we thank you so much for the gift of Sarah um, and for her family and their generosity um, and their openness and their hospitality. Uh, We also praise you for Margaret um, and her family and just you walking with them every step of the way, giving down to every detail her parents exactly what they needed um, and for bringing her father back to health um, and getting them safely back to Michigan. We just praise you for, um, all of those who open their hearts, open their homes to any stranger that they might, uh, see needs help. And we pray for all of us listening, um, that we can be, um, or we can see Sarah in her witness and her example, and that we can emulate, um, her generosity and we ask this all through your name. Amen. Amen. In the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. And Sarah, I was just thinking as I was praying that you're very much like the Good Samaritan as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. You're talking crazy now. So. Sarah the Samaritan. Help us. <laughs> I do feel like I need to say that my dad has been, you know, Re- recovered and he's home in Michigan. I don't think I ever closed oh, yeah. the story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think you did he either, which is why yes, I was like, I should, I should add that in the prayer. <laughs> <laughs> he did um, stay with Sarah. Was it three and a half weeks or so? Yep, that's right. Then, About mm-hmm. Close. Yeah. So they ended up being. They were going to yeah. be in Austin for a week, and they were there until the end of March. And he's home in Michigan and he's, he told us later he mowed the lawn, you know, I don't know, a few weeks after getting back and he felt like a new person. So good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Awesome. You have to tell him when the winter snow hits, they know where to come. Exactly. <laughs> Special place. Hang out. <laughs> I mean, I might be coming down. <laughs> please, please do. And when it gets too hot in Texas, Sarah, you know where to come. Uh, yes, Alaska. Right. We'll see you in Alaska. <laughs> hey, we're cross country skiing up here. It's not 85 degrees. If you need to get a little getaway, it looks good uh, here. <laughs> yep. Um, well, All right. So well, yeah. We'll see, see you guys next, next week. Thanks, Bye. ladies. Bye.
Thank you for listening to the Moving Mountains podcast. If you have a miracle story to tell, please call our hotline at 412-449-9609. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Moving Mountains Podcast AK. We encourage you to subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and share our podcast with others. We'll see you next time.